I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right, exactly. Speaking of sh- Whoa, what happened there? You good? I'm good. Yeah, cat's going ah, crazy. I hear here. that. That's fine. <laughs> this is not the only. This is not the only Vox Media podcast to have a cat in the background. So, um. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go throw him out the door. Actually. Oh wow, <laughs> that seems aggressive. That's right. He's getting booted. Oh, wow. Okay then. Welcome to. An ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow. I am back after being gone for, I was in England for a little bit for the Carolina Panthers game and in Scotland before that for a couple days. It was a nice time. I saw, um, and by the way, I'm joined this week by Stephen Muma. Did I get that right this time? You got it. Yes, of backing the pack, covers NC State for SB Nation. Um, but I, I did not see a single piece of, uh, like college paraphernalia the entire time I was there, which I thought was super. I mean, I know it's not touristy season in October in the UK, but it was wild to me. And I didn't really see any sports paraphernalia being worn around either place. Like I'm not, I'm talking like local soccer clubs, football clubs, whatever, rugby, nothing. I saw nothing until game day when all of a sudden like London was like crawling with people wearing NFL jerseys. But like, that is a weird thing to me. I just wonder if like, that's not a part of their daily lives that people just don't wear their team's gear unless it's game day. I don't know. It's a very bizarre thing. Yeah. Maybe that's more of a American cultural thing than it is over there. But uh, yeah, I know those people have a lot of jerseys. I've seen the occasional Premier League game and everybody's dressed up in their team stuff. So I know they have it, but yeah, maybe it's well, just a my, game day thing. Yeah, my, co- my cousin lives over there now and we met up with her for dinner and she was saying that they do wear them on game days. They just don't wear them any other time. And I was like, huh, that's very strange. You pay that much for a piece of clothing. You'd think you would wear it another day, but whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I saw way more college gear when I was over there last summer, um, like in July, but that's totally tourist season. So, right. uh, yeah. But anyway, I did try to follow ACC football as best as I could. Um, and I feel, I finally feel after a couple of days back now, I finally feel ready to look ahead to week eight and look ahead to um, the ACC, which has just become a collection of teams not named Clemson and Clemson. Um so that's fun. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, it's 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 wild. It's just uh, some of the worst offensive lines in the country. So that's something we can all hang our hats on, right? Sure. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, 
we get the Friday night football game again. It's it's lovely to have those week after week Friday night football in the ACC. Uh, Pittsburgh and Syracuse. Did you used to watch TGIF as a kid? By chance? absolutely. Oh yeah. Step by step, family matters. All that you bet. <laughs> what what show is this game? Oh gosh, this would be step by step before they added Cody, and it was terrible. <laughs> I was actually thinking step by step too, just because like it's kind of bananas and there's a lot going on. And at times it's even a little inappropriate for kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there's the, and then they had in the intro on that show, everyone's at an amusement park and there's a very scary looking roller coaster made out of wood or something. And it just looks like it's going to collapse at any given moment. So that, that feels yeah. appropriate. It really does for this game. Uh, <laughs> I, that used to scare me, by the way, I, I was a very <laughs> wimpy child was, am, um, but yeah, that used to freak me out a little bit. I couldn't look directly at the roller coaster. Um, and ma- that, the, that probably applies to this game as well. I don't know that I'll be able to look directly at it. No, uh, nor should you really. <laughs> so Pittsburgh at Syracuse, uh, I got to see Syracuse or Pittsburgh, excuse me, up close and personal at Duke a few weeks ago. Um, and roller coaster is right for them. Uh, you got to see Syracuse when they played NC state and uh, I followed Twitter for some of that game when I woke up early the next morning in the UK and that game had like just wrapped basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like following the tweets to see what happened. And it seemed very ugly. Was that, is, did, was my read correct on that one? Yes. Yes. You could say that. Uh, it's probably for the best that you didn't actually watch any of it. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse. So are we at the point now? What are we thinking of Syracuse? I know, I think a lot of us, myself included, we're sort of waiting for this offense to come around a little bit. Um, should we stop waiting and maybe it's just not going to happen with Tommy DeVito and, and sort of a beleaguered offensive line. That's probably the biggest thing I came away with, uh, watching them play last Thursday. Uh, just that offensive line is a real problem. NC state chewed it up like it was Florida state's offensive line. It was a, uh, so, you know, it, it, things are bad if it, if it looks that, that rough. Um, but I was really surprised at how ineffective they looked in general. Uh, for one thing, of course, there, there's the pass protection where they're struggling, but also they're not being, they're not capable of running the ball effectively right now, which is a big issue because Tommy DeVito is not the same threat to kind of make some things happen with his legs, the way Eric Dungy was. So they, right. they're, they're missing a little bit of extra, um, plays here and there where Dungy could get them out of some trouble or convert some third and longs maybe with his feet. Um, so Syracuse is missing that element completely. Their ground game stinks. And I don't think DeVito's been terrible exactly throwing the ball, but he really just didn't have a lot of time against NC State and the ground game did him no favors. And when those two things happen, you could see they're not really going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, Syracuse's or Pittsburgh, excuse me. Pittsburgh defensively is pretty boomer bust, um, as you saw against Duke at times. But I mean, this is what Pat Narduzzi wants defensively, and they've been largely pretty good. And it's it's tough to imagine Syracuse being able to do a whole lot against that defense. But you know, I, I don't know. Crazier things have happened, and Pitt's offense is certainly pedestrian enough that it could keep Syracuse around. Syracuse's D line. I mean, we heard good things. Is is was that as advertised for you? Yeah, they were really good. They were really, really good, and I would expect that to to continue to be a strength for them going forward. It's just a matter of how much 
they can carry the team. It's kind of a NC State's kind of going through the same thing where it's how how far can the defensive front carry the defense and yeah. keep them in games. And but I would expect Friday night to be a horrible, horrible rock fight, low scoring with two. Pittsburgh's offense is probably the worst in the ACC on paper. So um, with a couple of decent defenses, it, it could be ugly again. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. They played, I think, the highest scoring game in ACC history not that long ago. You know, we've come, it was like 76 uh, 61 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I had completely forgotten that happened until someone reminded me, and it just hardly seems possible looking at the teams the way they are now. But. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, Watch it end up being some crazy high scoring game out of nowhere because this league makes no sense. And honestly, that's that's as frustrating to me as almost anything, because people keep asking me, like, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Right. Yeah. How am I supposed to know? You see you see what's happening week to week. Like what? How am I supposed to put these things together in a way that makes sense? I think, (laughs) you know, we'll get to NC State soon enough. But weirdly, I think they're one of the only teams that has made sense to me largely so far this season West Virginia maybe aside but I mean yeah sure almost everything else has made sense but I was looking at the uh P plus earlier this week and everything's kind of bunched together I believe there's 10 or 11 teams between 46th and 69th nice in P plus and so if you put them if you put the best team of that bunch against the worst team of that bunch on a neutral field SP plus would see them being about a a touchdown apart. So yeah, it's like, how, how do you differentiate any of that at any given time? (laughs) You're being too nice. Like Boston college. I looked at Boston college as like yards per play allowed. And you know, we can just go ahead and get to NC state's game because that's, that's, you know, it's 12 o'clock on Saturday, kicking us off on Saturday um, on why did they say ACC Network Extra? It's on Fox Sports South. Like, let's just call it the channel that it's on, people. I know it's your competition, ESPN, but I go to you for a schedule. Like, don't make me go elsewhere. Uh, yeah, don't make not, don't make me open up the ACC's website, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, NC State going to Boston College. Um, really, and I, I wrote about this today for WRLSportsFan.com in my uh, triangle focus GIF previews. But really, uh, all three game, all three triangle teams face sort of their nightmare. Uh, opponent typically, and, and Boston College is, has historically been that for NC State, although Bo- Boston College is sort of living their own nightmare right now, so it's really hard to say um, <laughs> yeah. that, that they have a decided advantage here, and I don't it's really hard to kind of look at Boston College and what they've done um, and they're a team that makes me mad too, because like this is a team that, that allowed almost nine yards of play to Kansas and then held Wake to like five how does that make any sense? But no, yeah none whatsoever, just the Kansas game is just bizarre. Just peak ACC right there. Just Well, and they allowed more yards per play to Rutgers than Wake. Like, what are you even doing? <laughs> I just, whatever. But yeah, Boston College has, they went back to their uh, bad defensive ways against Louisville, um, allowing almost nine yards of play. Um, so I know State with, with their offensive, you know, issues here lately is, is probably eager to see that. But, I, you know, I don't know that you should. We should assume that state's just going to magically move the ball, just considering. But I think it, it's certainly a better prospect than they've had recently of being able to get some offensive traction, right? That's for sure. I'm trying to be optimistic now after the last couple <laughs> of weeks. It's still difficult after what I witnessed against Florida or against uh, Syracuse there the other week. But yeah, I mean, Boston College. I've watched them struggle pretty badly in some significant areas, as you've mentioned there. And I 
feel like if NC State is going to start to look a little bit more comfortable now with Bailey Hockman starting his second game, this would be the time. But uh, yeah, like there's certainly no no good reason to just assume that uh, they'll magically start scoring touchdowns left and right here. But it should be a more productive day, I hope. All right. So we've got QB controversy 2019 in Raleigh, I guess, at this point. And the controversy assumedly being whoever the quarterback is currently playing is the wrong one and the next one should be playing. So yeah. we're, mm-hmm. I mean, is that, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that that's how you feel. I want to know where you're at on sort of this whole, like Bailey Hawkman played and Devin Leary got the one series and I guess looked magical enough to some people on that series. And then the mop up duty against FSU that suddenly he should be the guy. Where, where are you at with all of this? I'm fine with, what NC State has decided to do at this point, and that's just stick with Bailey Hockman. I thought he looked a little bit better, a little more comfortable against Syracuse than he did in mop-up duty there. Uh, well, not really mop-up duty, but just coming in for Matt McKay against Florida State wasn't the, the most ideal circumstances. But he looked pretty solid against Syracuse, I thought, in general. His one interception wasn't a poor decision. It was just bad execution on a terrible screenplay. Um, so I'm fine with them sticking with him right now and seeing if he can just continue to get incrementally better here and there. The Devin Leary thing is just funny because it feels like whenever you have mediocre quarterback play kind of across the board, it's just just this phenomenon we see now where it's got to be the unknown guy. He's got to be. Surely he's great, right? He's just like Joe Montana. We just don't know it yet. But uh, he was solid in that one series. He did have a rather terrifying scramble near sack uh, almost fumble whatever you want to call it a crazy play that was terribly ill-advised that kind of showed why he probably hasn't played more but uh, he's been solid as a passer maybe he's the best passer of the bunch I can't tell Uh, just kind of funny that people seem to draw such concrete conclusions off, off of so little playing time but that's how it is I I hate to be the this person to just blindly defend a coach because we all know football coaches do dumb things all the time and are, you know, unnecessarily stubborn all the time and everything else. So we all know that, but it's just, it's mind blowing to me that people seem to think that Dave Doran has this dude that's like tearing it up every practice and like clearly better than the other two and is just not playing him because he's young or whatever it is. Right. Like I I don't, I, I, I feel like hasn't Dave Doran like earned a little bit of trust. Maybe. I don't know. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of reasons that you could have to not want to rush a young guy into the game. I mean, this is the exact same track, by the way, that Bailey Hawkman followed, essentially. Like he got a series, a series like in mop up duty here and there. Then he got a series when the game was still on the line. That's exactly what Devin Leary got. And then eventually he got into the game. Like at a certain point, um, I think you're still going to see Devin Leary. So just don't worry about it. Like it'll work itself out. They're, they're, they won the game. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I just, uh, it's, it's, no, and it, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's just, uh, gets frustrating because everybody's kind of just wound up over the quarterback play in general. So it doesn't really matter who the guy is currently. The, the other guy surely must be more capable if we haven't seen him enough yet. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like every step up to this point has been a logical one that you can defend from Dave Dorn's perspective. Just, They've been patient. I think that's the right move to to take, the right angle, just to make sure your new quarterback doesn't feel like if he makes one mistake, he's going to get yanked. 
that's kind of a hard way to build confidence. Um, so, you know, we saw with that with McKay, and now I think we're seeing that with Hockman. Just give them time. They, they just need reps. Uh, they're going to be the guy. They're going to emerge eventually, or it's not going to work. But like you said, I mean, Leary's going to play. And if he, if he ends up being the guy who w- takes the majority of the snaps at some point this year, that'll, that'll happen. But until then, no point in bellyaching about it. I don't think there's anything that's been you know, on the wrong side of the decision-making process here. Yeah. I mean, they're four and two at this point. I think that's pretty much where we all thought that they would be like, so at the end of the day, I think it's worked out fine. Um, this to me though, is a little bit of a turning point game for them, I think, because this is one of those games that you feel like state should win. Um, Boston college starting a quarterback who Dennis Grossel, I believe is, is his name. Um, that's him. Who I think I wrote today, uh, in my gifs, if you, told me he was a 70s middle reliever, I would have believed you as, <laughs> just, as well as a quarterback. He just needs a little mustache. Yeah, just needs a mustache there. No, chain yeah. smoking problem. <laughs> Seriously. And who knows? Maybe he has one. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. It worked for the 50s and 60s, you know, football and basketball players. These kids nowadays are too good for such things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, kidding, obviously. But Dennis Grossel, um, they're excited. Steve Adazio, the way he talked about him in the quotes was like, very glowing. And this is, I don't know why this surprised me. Nothing should surprise me when it comes to Steve Adazio. But I looked at the stats from the game and I was like, because he was like, yeah, he played really well offensively, you know, got us some big plays. He completed, he averaged like four something, four point something yards per attempt and completed 37.5% of his passes. Yeah. Which I mean, like, yeah, like, look, I get it. You're thrusting him into that situation. You're going to talk him up a little bit, but like, that's not great. Especially not against Louisville, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But so, yeah, that's that's a, certainly a source of optimism for NC State. I would feel a lot worse about State's prospects if Anthony Brown were still starting. He's he's had a really good year too. God, State hasn't seen much of Anthony Brown through his career, have they? No, because I I believe he was hurt. If not last year, then, then the year before. The year before, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt in the like beginning of that game. I feel like that's yep. That's unfortunate um, for Boston College, unfortunate for Anthony Brown. Um, but gosh, no scarier words in the English language for state fans to hear than that's reason for optimism for NC State, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but Darn it. Yeah, it just, it just we'll see. We'll see what happens in this game. Um, it, I'll, I'll give state fans the right to panic if they have like horrible QB play and Leary doesn't play and, and they lose. Um, then I'll then I'll hear you. Um, and it could be this could be again one of those games where it sorts out the quarterback situation. If yeah, quarterbacks continue to play as bad as they've played on the road so far, then sure, maybe Devin Leary becomes the starter after this. If it's another disaster, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, State's got two wins left to get to a bowl. One, of the, they have Georgia Tech among them. Like they're right now, I feel good about where NC State's at, but I I understand they have a lot of toss ups sort of left to go. So I get some of the anxiety. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This game does not exactly denote anxiety, so it does not promote, does not allow me to use a 
very smooth segue here. Not that I usually do anyways, <laughs> but Clemson at Louisville on ABC. Oh dear. Well, Louisville, you know, I mean, they fun. It, yeah, they can, score. I, they can, but, um, and I think it was a Louisville person. I saw pointed this out, the defenses they've faced, um, a uh, little bit of a drop off. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a, little bit of an improvement in terms of the defenses yeah, uh, yeah. The, nat- the, the national ranking of the last three defenses louisville has played florida state 118 boston college 121 wake 88 clemson three they're going to play mm. Virgin- virginia after that 11 and miami 18 so those are the next three they'll see so we'll find out uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we'll 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 see for sure but uh louisville's i think one of the big stories this year with their offense just what they've done scott satterfield i've been really impressed with how dangerous they've looked even with backup quarterback playing or even a third string quarterback playing as that happened against Wake Forest so they've been impressive that way just creating big plays big explosive plays you know part of it is just that they're actually trying this year which helps but yes that scheme has been impressive I think they've done a nice job but uh, yeah they most likely not going to be able to keep up with Clemson with the as much as their defense has struggled yeah, and I think it seemed, at least to me, um, again, I didn't could not watch it, but Clemson seemed to uh, go back into destroyer mode, which was not a huge surprise to me after you know the closest call, close call against North Carolina. I shouldn't I shouldn't say close ish. That was very close uh, call against North Carolina, and uh, hearing how you know much they stunk all week. Um, they yeah, they were angry. Clearly, they were angry. You don't want to make them angry. No, and look, I. I didn't think that they would have much problem slowing down Florida State's offense. I did think that potentially their offense would struggle against Florida State's defense because as bad as Florida State's defense has been at times, I think that they're on the upswing, A, and then B, they do have athletes and talent there. Yes, Um, definitely. So for Clemson to look like that, okay, all right, I see you. Uh, (laughs) I guess they're back into uh, war machine mode, which is... um, Bad news for us all. Bad, bad news. <laughs> well, you know, it's good and bad, right? The way the rest of the league, I think, can look at it um, is that at least if Clemson makes the playoff again, that's that much more money in, in their own coffers. You know, that's the way sure. I've always seen it because it's not like anybody else has any sort of chance to make them any money. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know that there's that silver lining. So everyone can think about that that extra few hundred thousand dollars as they get their brains bashed in down 35 points or whatever. Yeah, that's um. What what's some of those? I, Dan Wolken from USA Today put a piece out with like some of the coaches' bonuses, um, when they did like a FOIA for what some of the bonuses were. And yeah, I guess that that is sort of like a really high coach bonus for something like a hundred thousand dollars or so. So, you know, that could cover like a school getting uh, to a you know upper tier bowl game or something like that. Sure. All right. Yeah. Bring the band. Bring the band, yes. It'll cover the band's trip to uh There you go. To the upper tier bowl game. None of none of those by the way, none of those bonuses were as wild as I thought that they would be uh when I read his piece. Um and he didn't even detail the stat bonuses that Randy Edsel has been getting. I think that's what spurred this piece, uh UConn head coach Randy Edsel getting these like weird stat bonuses, even in these like blowout defeats. Those have been <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, that's that's just fantastic. But all he's listing them at is like stat, bo- single game stat bonuses. And I'm like, dude, I want to know what the stat bonuses are. Because <laughs> they're absurd usually. It's like he got 20 first downs. It's like, what? Yeah. All right. So. And, but we can't pay the players though. Yeah. They, they earned all those first downs, but. 
Well, you know, they sure did, didn't they? Oof. <laughs> it's it's embarrassing that they would have a contract that incentive-laden for a program that's that bad, especially when the bar is so low for some of them, but yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of depressing. Oof. Uh, speaking of depressing, thank you. Georgia Tech at Miami. Oh, boy. Oof. Oof. And that's 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 the ACC Network uh, noon <laughs> noon game. Gross. Oh, Gross. Just, it's just fast forward the clock on that one. Just uh, get that over with. Yeah, um, Miami certainly is due for a nice uh, feel good streak of games here. So that that this certainly gives them that. Um, I, I did think that Georgia Tech uh, would get better as the season went on. Um. I'm not so sure mm-hmm. that's going to happen. I, no, I, no, I think they're a little too broken. Yeah, too in between systems here. Yeah, uh, I do like their defense. I have been saying that all year, and like their pass defense. I think they're like. Tw- I mean, granted, teams have not always had to pass against them a ton, but they've given some teams trouble um, in that way. They have some good DBs, um, so that's definitely worth noting. At least um, they. Duke's Quentin Harris had some trouble against them. Um, and he's been pretty boomer bust. Like if, if you're a good defense, he's going to play poorly. If you're bad, he's going to play really well. Um, and he played poor, like kind of eh against them. So that's something, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Hey, you know, got to have something in there, I suppose. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the story really is that like in Perry played, well enough for them to beat Virginia. I couldn't, I was like, I could not even believe that Virginia did that. And I was just like, uh, it, that game was just uh, like, I felt like I was watching NC state Syracuse all over again. It was just gross. Just back to back grossness. That was real. Yeah. Yeah. I think David Hale compiled a stat about those two games and it wasn't good as you would expect the stats. Were no, I, I've been confused about why Virginia's offense is so struggle bussy with Bryce Perkins. there. just, uh, yeah, he's been. It's, he doesn't have confusing. He doesn't have a whole lot around him right now. Um, no. and they're asking him to do almost literally everything. I think. I think last week was the first game he had his knee brace off. Um, that hasn't helped either. But you know, it, Miami has a good defense too. Like you're, it's it's hard to ask him to do everything against a defense like that. Um, I mean, I forget how many times he got sacked against Notre Dame too, but it's a lot. They're they're towards the bottom in sacks allowed, as are a lot of ACC teams nationally. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. It's a good year to have a good defensive line, apparently. So that's that's one bonus for NC State this year. <laughs> yes, it, it it that will always help, I think. And and um, yeah, nothing really to see there in that noon ACC network now, game. I wish I'm, I'm I mean, sure they wish they could flex that and do something else. <laughs> put it on some other regional channel, just. Uh, like some Canadian network somewhere, just squirrel it away. <laughs> so maybe as few people as possible can see it. It definitely but Georgia Tech. <laughs> I mean, they they've already hit a low this year by scoring a grand total of two points at at Temple. So we'll see if they can do anything more impressive than that this week. I loved that. That was super fun. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. North. Speaking of ACC Network Extra as well and uh, channels that are hidden, this is actually, again, Fox Sports South because I believe NC State has the first game on Fox Sports South um, at Boston College and then North Carolina goes to Virginia Tech. This is the game that for me, I, I mean, like, I honestly just am a giant shrug, ASCII shrug right now with this game. Like, I don't know. What am I supposed to how, – how am I supposed to figure this out? Like, you tell me how either of these teams make any sense. 
I don't know. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think, look, has Virginia's offense, Virginia Tech's offense looked better with Hindenhooker? Yeah, it has. But, I, you know, I don't think it's been such a huge improvement that we can be like, oh, everything's fixed for Virginia Tech offensively. I don't know that we can necessarily say that. Um, no, no. They've just, part of it too is just with the, that Miami game, I mean, just with all the prime field position they picked up off of turnovers, that was part of the reason they scored so many points. So, hard to take a lot from that. Um, wasn't as impressive as it would have looked, as it looked basically on the scoreboard. So, but at least Hooker gives them a bit more of a, a dynamic option here and there. Hooker can score. I'm sorry. There you go. I'm just, I'm, God, it's... There you went. Uh, I thought we weren't going to do it. But you went right there. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, it's going to be, I'm going to delete a lot of tweets. Um, and by delete, I mean, I'm just going to like stare at them on my computer and just be like, don't send that. Don't just, just don't. It's not as funny as it seems in your head. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, look, look, I've, I've defended some of the coastal chaos stuff in the past because like, I do think a lot of those teams are reasonably okay. Usually most years, which, you know, sometimes that's, it's harder to play against a bunch of teams that are reasonably okay than it is against like some bad teams and then some really good teams. It means you can't win your division in the other division, but it also means like, you know, in the other division, it's harder to get, you know, I, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it, I, I've defended it yeah. in that way, uh-huh. but like this year is just so dumb beyond words that I, I just want to figure what are any of you like, stop this. Just help me figure out what you are because I don't understand you. Yeah. Just sit down for a minute, look in the mirror and just think about who you're supposed to be. And just try to be consistent for a couple of weeks, maybe. Right. Just, I mean, that's why I look at this game. That's why I look at this game, and I just don't know. I mean, Carolina hasn't beaten Virginia Tech since the year Carolina won the Coastal. Um, and it's not like Virginia Tech's been amazing in that stretch. Carolina's had two back-to-back really bad seasons before this one, but still, I mean, last year they arguably should have won the game, even though they were terrible, uh, Carolina. So, yep. yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I know this is a game that Justin Fuente and Virginia Tech get up for because they recruit the state of North Carolina as well. Um, and I guess they are often in competition with North Carolina for recruits. And there's definitely a lot of crossover on the teams in terms of, you know, uh, guys that either, you know, have family that went there or whatever else, as, as, as I was reading. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know which Carolina team we're going to see. I don't know uh, which Virginia Tech team we're going to see. My biggest thing for Carolina was like they need to have a good start to this game because Virginia Tech does feel to me like a team that when the going is tough early, they don't like that. Yeah, it feels like some residue from last year where guys just kind of where the environment was toxic and guys were kind of quitting here and there. Uh, it feels like there's just still some of that left with inside this team and in the character of the team. But uh, yeah, it's just if they get behind it, things can look ugly for them and they still, it's just, I don't know what to expect from their offense or their defense. It feels like just another grab bag team. Who knows? <laughs> they looked, they struggled at times against Rhode Island last week. I watched a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, this game's a big old ASCII shrug for me. Um, yeah. And it's, you know. I saw a bunch of people tweeting at me like too, when I was in England, they were like, Oh, you you won't believe this when you come back Brownlow. Like Carolina's, you know, in control in the coastal. I was like, no one is in control in the coastal. That's what y'all don't understand. No one is nobody. So yeah, it's an illusion. <laughs> the only team that's in control in the coastal is Georgia tech. And that's because they will not win it. That's it. That's all we know. So, 
Yeah, they're in control of finishing last, which they will take care of. They so. sure will. Yeah. So, I, you know, where's Virginia Tech headed? Are they on the upswing? Are they not? I don't know. Um, I did kind of respect, though, that like Mac Brown was actually like admitted that they're talking about the Coastal because that's something that a lot of coaches will be like, well, we're just trying to take it one game at a time. It really I really am kind of re- strikingly um, it's strikingly uh, uplifting to see like a coach that is coaching as if he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a little he's got kind of a the laid back uh, retirement grandpa vibe to him. Very much these, so. These days, feels like he's not quite so concerned with all the uh, coach speak stuff anymore, which is refreshing, no doubt. Yeah, he's very much like, I don't need this job. So <laughs> it's it's interesting to me. But yeah, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, like we all know they look at that stuff like let's not play games. I hate having to like drag that out of guys and be like, well, come on, you watch. You, you guys know where you're at. Oh, no, we don't know. We have no idea. We don't we just look at one game at a time. OK, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Carolina wins it, it certainly puts them in pretty decent position. But and the game we're about to get to next Duke and Virginia are both two and one in the ACC as well. Duke at Virginia. And like I said, this continues nightmare week. Carolina hasn't beaten Virginia Tech since 2015. Duke hasn't beat Virginia since 2014. Um, And they have played some very ugly games against Virginia. Um, Credit to Bronco Mendenhall. He's a defensive guy. um, And I think he really has understood how to scheme against them um, pretty well. But, you know, it's... This is another one where it's hard to know exactly what to expect. You could rely on history or you could rely on what we're seeing. And like we, like we talked about a little bit ago, Virginia Tech, Virginia, excuse me. I'm sorry. Virginia fans. I'm sorry. That was a legit accident. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Virginia's <laughs> offense has looked bad. Um, their defense is great. They lose Bryce Hall, though, and that's just such a huge loss in their secondary and on that defense. Um, yep. I, yeah, it's... Uh, who knows again, but at least uh, with all these games, it's they figure to be tight and, and close games. So it, it could be exciting in a typical ACC coastal type of way this after these, these Saturday afternoon. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's just who knows. Duke played great when they played at Virginia Tech. Maybe that's a sign that they've broken the ice in the state of Virginia. I don't know, but um, I would not be surprised to see. Either outcome in that one, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is obviously one that both teams really need. Um, it, it just really, really need. Uh, I don't I don't know what to expect either. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a defensive struggle, which probably means it'll end up being a very high-scoring game for no apparent reason. Um, you know. Sure, I, sounds good. I'll- Quentin Harris's splits against teams that are pretty good defensively versus teams that aren't are pretty stark. You know, it's a pretty stark contrast. So Virginia would certainly qualify as a pretty good defensive team. How is that Bryce Hall loss going to affect them? I don't know. Um, he's got, a, I think it was 60% of his career interceptions against Duke. Um, wow. All right. Well, But for, here's the story for me, though. And this is the biggest thing. Because Duke played okay against Pitt offensively in the second half when they stopped turning it over all the time, right? But... Yep. That's Duke turned it over more time in that game against Pittsburgh six times than Virginia's defense has forced all year. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's weird how that can happen sometimes. Good defense on pay, in terms of a down to down play, but they still don't force turnovers. You would think those things would correlate more closely, 
but oftentimes they just don't. But and Virginia has had one of the more disruptive defenses this year in terms of tackles for loss, things like that. Yeah, so. get it to the quarterback. Yeah, so. Um, David Cutcliffe's done a really good job of scheming around his not great offensive line. Um, this will be as tough a challenge as they've had, obviously. So we shall see. You would hope that they like did a little bit of a look ahead in terms of Georgia Tech and, and started <laughs> scheming a little bit. For- yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> because, yeah. Oof, it's still... Thanks, Georgia Tech. <laughs> hey, it's a bye week. Oh, Paul Johnson would yeah. would so, would sort of at least chuckle at the delicious irony of the fact that Georgia Tech is now in a, in and of itself a bye week, um, right? As yeah. opposed to teams always getting a bye week before they had to face them, uh, which he hated. <laughs> um, God, we miss you. Can't we blame miss him. you, Paul. Still, yeah. so much. We do. Um, so yeah, that, that's just big game for both teams. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and David Cutcliffe danced last weekend. I'm just going through my tweet favorites to see. <laughs> yeah, that was I saw that. He's, yeah, I, I have I, down, I have been maintaining that he probably is one of the upper echelon dancers among ACC coaches. So possible, certainly. I mean, you <laughs> you'd have to combine them all together to get one decent dancer, I suppose. But <laughs> yes, I think that yes, I think that that's true. I think there's a lot of bad dancing ACC coaches currently in the league. Um, well, you can't have everything. <laughs> Dabo probably like the worst among them would be my guess. Um, Dave Dorn would be like the side to side step dance on the dance floor, like at a wedding, just like staring yeah, awkwardly at his shoes. No, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I've, I've literally done this before and I don't know why I'm doing it again. Uh, <laughs> the dance thing. I just I can't help myself. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, like, like, hy- like hy- hypothesizing who the best dancers would be. Um, among ACC coaches. Um, 7.30 ACC Network. Props to the ACC Network for, again, allowing a four-hour window for a football game because that's what they've become now. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, I guess I should have thrown them into the House of Horrors mix here because, lordy, has that been a place where Florida State has not enjoyed going uh, in this millennium? Um <laughs> I can relate to that yep. one. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. So can so can really all of the local teams, uh, except for me. I think Duke has probably the most recent win there. Oh, no. No, State won there not that long ago, right? Or no? They did. They did in the early portion of Dave Clawson's tenure when they were really, really terrible offensively. Yeah, they had that awful offensive line. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm tr- yep. I can't remember the last time that Duke won at Wake. Um I don't know, but I think it was fairly recent, actually. Um, I could be wrong, though. Either way, um, Florida State has had some of its most embarrassing moments in program history at Wake Forest, but obviously, like, we're a little bit of a ways removed here from the Florida State that would go to Wake Forest and struggle, except for the fact that, are we? Because this is just a new iteration of that, right? Essentially, where they're playing against a good coach and Dave Clawson and good program, and um, they're still a little bit on the struggle bus here under Willie Taggart, although they've turned it up here in the last couple weeks until Clemson, but Clemson gets us all. They sure do. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see how Florida state matches up against what is probably the best quarterback in the league right now. And um, we'll just see if they can have the kind of success they were having against teams that obviously don't have the same level of talent and, speed and athleticism as they do. That's been, I think, a recipe for success on the defensive side, despite some of their issues. So we'll see if those guys show up. They should be 
a little more motivated, I would think, after what happened to them in Clemson. Yeah, I, I do. I'm not, and I'm not sure where where we go with Wake Forest right now either. Um, they have sort of slowed down in recent weeks in terms of their offensive output. Although then they, you know, they do what they did at Louisville in a loss. Um, 6.6 yards of play will usually win you a lot of ball games, and it did not win them that one. Um, and like their season low for yards per play was at Boston College, which makes no sense to me. But no. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could look at the fact that Louisville's defense isn't great. They put up a lot of yards on Elon. Um, you know, even North Carolina held them to 5.9 per play, but the thing is they're going to run a lot of plays if they, if they run offense the way they want to, they're just going to, you know, that's how they're going to get you. They're going to put up a lot of yardage, um, total and run some plays and maybe not average as much per play, but. Um, you know, they haven't run few, I think they've run at least 80 plays in four games. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, they can wear you out for sure. That's, that's part of their game plan. I'm, I have no doubt. And it helps I th- make you more effective later I on. I think their defense is the biggest puzzle for me, uh, Wake's defense. And, and that's where the big question mark is, right? Because we know Florida state's offensive line is bad. We also know Kendall Bryles has done a nice job scheming around that, um, and largely, anyway, against teams that, like you said, that they can do that against, uh, Clemson not being one of them. But, like, their defense had been pretty, pretty good. You know, Utah State did pretty well against them, but then they held Rice, Carolina, and Carolina's offenses seemed plenty capable. Elon, they held them down. And then in the last two games, they've allowed 7.1 yards per play to BC and 7.5 to Louisville in that 62-59 loss. Like, that's just not, you know, you can have low expectations for your defense and still expect them to do better than that. They need to do better than that. Yeah, that's ugly. That's really ugly. I think they've been banged up a little bit lately, yeah. which might be part of it. But uh, yeah, I watched a lot of that Louisville game and I was not impressed with any particular aspect of that side of the ball for Wake Forest. So they better course correct on that front pretty, pretty quickly here because Florida State's offense got off to a really hot start this year um, and it can be quite potent if they in the right situation. So that's something that Wake Forest is going to have to fix up a little bit here. No, absolutely. And um, speaking of quarterback play for Florida State, um, I did not see that game, obviously. So full disclosure, but it seems like from the tweets I was seeing that James Blackman, who I like a lot, um, he had some tough emotional moments, it seemed like, in that game against Clemson. I don't know what that means, you know? I don't, but it, it seems like Florida State people were a little frustrated with him being um, fiery in the way of maybe directing some blame at his teammates and things like that, and that's disappointing because I feel like his teammates really like him a lot, and maybe, I don't know, maybe he can, he can get away with that kind of leadership. I don't know what their locker room is, is like, right? But it, se- it seemed like when right. the going got tough, he... Uh, was not so ready for the challenge. Um, so, yeah. They just need to just turn the page on that one and just throw that entire experience away and just move <laughs> on. Well, but it's tough, on. right? Because here's the thing. Blackman is a guy that can scramble out of sacks, you know, and, and get you, you know, and Alex Hornibrook, I mean, State's D-line is good, but how many sacks do they have in that game? Yeah, Eight. and that's largely because Hornibrook can't get away from that. Yeah. Can't move. Um, right. Now, does that matter against Wake as much? Probably not. So 
do we see Alex Hornibrook? We might. I, I think that's definitely a possibility because Wake hasn't shown a lot of ability to be super disruptive up front. So maybe, but. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I was just saying they should forget oh, everything that happened at Clemson and just, yeah, just, just get that out of there. Just clear, clear that completely out of the memory banks and just move on. Like it didn't yeah, happen. Just get just, your memory wiped I completely. Think sure. Blackman played poorly. He didn't react well at times and they just need to forget about it. Just let that be a, a fluke thing that happened and get back on track if they can. Well, it's absolutely like one, the same situation as y'all at this point where the one they've seen the least is the one Florida state fans want to see the most. So, um, you know, yep. that's, <laughs> that's so it goes. So it goes. <laughs> that's, I, I don't know what to make of that game. I really don't. Um, I'll be shocked if it's not high scoring. Um, yeah, I think that could that is the potential to be the best game of the weekend right there. That's that's one where like I feel like lately with my ACC picks, I just want to like go in the opposite direction of what my head says should happen. But then I don't even know what that means anymore because like Wake's <laughs> look like the better team all year, but it also feels like a spot where we would talk Wake up a little bit and be like Florida State's really struggling, and then Florida State comes in there and beats them. So I don't know. There's always the thing with Florida State, too, is even when in games like this where they're the underdog uh, on paper, just they have better overall talent, though. Like they still have a lot more talent than a good chunk of the league. So it's one of those things where do they if they put it all together for a significant stretch of time, they could look pretty darn good and win the game. No question. But just a matter of are they going to do that or is their offensive line going to once again, hamstring them to a point where they struggle for far too long or make uh, some bad turnovers that kind of shifts the game the other way, but just never know. Before before I get you out of here, I, I'm curious. I, I, I don't care about a lot of these things largely. I know you probably don't either, but the national narrative centers around this type of talk. So what result, based on the way the year has played out so far for both teams, like what result is better for the ACC? Yeah, in that game, Wake Forest winning. You think so? I think. See, yeah, I yeah. I tend to agree, but then I know anytime Wake is good, the national narrative flips to oh, look how bad the ACC is, which I think is unfair because other teams besides the name teams can be good. Like that's allowed to happen. Um. <laughs> sure, and I mean it's just let's give Dave Clawson a little bit of credit here. It's not like they're just winning games 13 to 12 here. (laughs) I mean, that's a legitimately good offense. They've done a great job of constructing a good team over there. And I I guess my thought process was Wake Forest has a decent chance of winning nine, 10 games or something like that. And then playing in the orange bowl, which I feel like that would look a little bit better if there's another team out there with a, a decent win total. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, look, Florida state is, is what it is this year. And you know, they might, I think they'll get to a bowl. Um, and be decent and we'll get better even next year. But like that's they're not that good of a football team right now. So if they win this game, it doesn't necessarily mean Florida State's back. I mean, we all saw last week. So, you know. Right. I don't think they're going to turn around and win out based off of this weekend. But Wake Forest, to me, it just has better, has the potential to look better at the end of the year for the league, I guess. Yeah. No, I think you're right. You kind of sold me on that. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't sure because everybody freaks out whenever Florida State and Miami um, and Virginia Tech aren't good. And that suddenly means the ACC is bad. And it's like, well, you know, maybe in the early 2000s, but, you know, that's, that's not where we are right now. <laughs> yeah. This year, okay, we'll give it to you, but 
most of the time, yeah, that's not really the indicator that people think it is. No, it's really not. All right, Stephen, I'm going to let you go. Um, it'll be a horror show week for the Triangle teams this weekend and really for a lot of ACC teams as they sort of face down their nemeses. Nem- nemeses? Um, Clemson, like Louisville's given Clemson some problems too and then Florida State at Wake. Uh, the exception being Miami Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech is a um, smoldering tire fire. Really? <laughs> God and help Pitt us Syracuse all. And Syracuse is everyone's nightmare. Um I will probably yeah. watch every second of it because I have a problem. Um, well, it's like, this is like rubbernecking a car accident. I mean, I did kinda... this last night um, with the Kansas city, um, the Kansas city Denver game. I, I watched almost yeah. every second of that and I could not move to change the chain. I don't know what was wrong with me. Um, I haven't watched that much NFL. That's not a Panthers game all year, but it was just so horrible. I couldn't make myself turn away. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's what happens sometimes. Hey. Yeah, you know. it's art. Um, all right, Stephen, I'll let you get out of here. Um, my son, Alex, is back this week picking games. His picks are as likely to happen as anybody else's. So until next week. All right. <laughs> until next week. <laughs> goodbye. All right, Alex, you ready to pick some games? Pittsburgh or Syracuse? Syracuse. NC State or Boston College? Boston College. I want to hug Boston College. Oh, they they need that right now. Um, so that's really sweet. Georgia Tech or Miami? Georgia Tech or Miami? Hey, focus. Georgia Tech or Miami? Miami. Okay. I want to hug Miami. They really need it. Uh, Clemson or Louisville? Clemson or Louisville? Clemson or Louisville? Clemson or Louisville? Clemson. What's the big red dog's name? Uh, Clemson. It's Clifford, silly boy. Duke or Virginia? Virginia. I want to have Virginia. You remember our friend Caroline? You know Miss Caroline? Yes. She wants to hug Virginia too. UNC or Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech? Yes. You sure? Okay, you seemed a little uncertain. Okay. Florida State or Wake Forest? We have a lot of What's the last one? Florida State or Wake Forest? Which one? Alex, which one? Florida State or Wake Forest? It's the last one. Alex, one more. Florida State or Wake Forest? Florida State. Which one? Florida State? Or Florida State? Okay. All right. You want to say goodbye? Bye. Say goodbye. I will say goodbye.